of life here on this earth, we go through suffering. And sometimes that suffering is so deep and so great, there's not any words that we can find to express what's we've, what we're feeling deep down inside. And I've been through a, a time of suffering like that in my life. And not only could I not find the words to express to the Lord what was my feelings were and what my prayer would be, I didn't have the strength to express any words of prayer. And it was very, a very fearful, very dark, very painful time in my life. And, but in the midst of that deep suffering and pain, God revealed himself to me in a way that I had never experienced before in my life. And there was something that happened deep inside of me where I experienced the tenderness of God's heart towards me, even in the midst of that pain and suffering. So I thank the Lord for that. And the, the psalmist, the writer of Psalm 42, experienced something similar. He says, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul longs and pants for you, O God. And he says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Which is exactly describes how I felt that time in my life. Just like wave after wave coming over me of sorrow and pain. And yet, as strong as those mighty waves were that seemed overwhelming, God's love and care and grace was stronger. And the psalmist goes on to say, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. And that's what we need to do. When we are downcast, when we are suffering, when we are in pain, we need to remember the Lord. It says, by day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song with it, his song is with is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. His love is so great, and he is so faithful. And I just wanna I wrote this song based on this psalm, so I just wanna share that with you this morning. So 
appreciate that. Um, and it goes along with what we're going to be looking at uh, here this morning. And uh, if we've been going through these uh, Psalms of thanks for the month of November, and just kind of like what God is trying to teach us about thankfulness and what the Lord is trying to do in our lives so that we would be thankful people. Um, I, I know that many times in our life we, we think that we're thankful um, but really, uh, sometimes those things that we are thankful for have nothing to do with spiritual um, realities or spiritual relationship with God. Sometimes it's just more in the sense of um, the things that we see, the things that we can touch, the things that we can feel. And not to say that God doesn't give us those things to be thankful for. Um, but I believe that in our own personal lives, to be thankful for the things that God gives us. Those are the things that we cannot earn. Those are the things that we cannot get because, you know, we did it ourselves. Um, God is the one that uh, gives those to us. And so we've been looking at this about um, Psalms of thanks. And uh, last week we already looked at um, the fact of that God gives us his enduring love and we need to be thankful for his enduring love. And today we're going to look at Psalm 42, just like what uh, Carrie had uh, just sang about and uh, read some of the verses there. And, you know, I think that um, this psalm speaks to so many of us because, as you'll see, as we're, we're going to look at the scriptures and we, we go through it, you're going to see... The, the phrases that the psalmist uses, that these are phrases that we all identify with. These are things that we've all come in contact with uh, in our own personal life. And this psalm is, you'll see it, it's, it's broken up in two parts, verses 1 through 5. And then it ends with a question in verse 5. And it says, you know, why are you cast down? Why, why, are, you, why are you in this, in this way? And then it continues on the second part, verses uh, starting in verse number 6. And then it ends again uh, in verse number 11 with that same question. Why are you cast down? And it gives us the answer uh, to our discouragement, to our times of, of deep um, sorrow in our life that we are to hope in God. And so I think when we examine this psalm a little bit more, you'll see that this psalm is a psalm of grief. It's a psalm of complaint, and it's a psalm of sorrow. And, you know, I don't know if you've been there, um, but I have. 
Maybe, maybe you're, you haven't experienced that sorrow and that grief and that complaint before God, but maybe it's coming. And this is a psalm that I, I think that we can all resonate with, that we can all uh, have in our own vocabulary as we uh, talk to the Lord. You know, maybe this is a something that's going on in your life. Maybe you're experiencing grief. Maybe you're experiencing sorrow. Maybe there's a time of complaint because there's been a passing of a loved one. Maybe it's because of a wayward child. Uh, maybe because it's a, of a failed marriage. I don't know what the circumstances are that are surrounding the grief and the sorrow. Maybe it could be hardships in your job situation. Maybe it could be hardships with family. Maybe it could be uh, difficulties with, with other people. I, I don't know. But I believe that whatever the circumstances are in this morning or this year or at this time right now, um, you can have hope in God, rest assured that, that even in the times of discouragement and times of sorrow and times of complaint, you can have hope in God. Um, I want to give you a little bit of backstory here, why I think this psalm was written. Um, even though it doesn't say that this was written by David, I believe that this was David's own words. Um, and I believe it was because of his son Absalom, as we read about in Second Samuel uh, verses uh, chapter fifteen through eighteen. We know that Absalom was one of David's sons, and it tells us that Absalom conspired and he went out and he won the people's hearts. Here's David; he's king, and he won the people's hearts. And basically. Absalom was trying to take over as king when it wasn't his time to take over as king. And he led basically a revolt against his own father. And we find that David flees for his life. He runs from Jerusalem because he is so afraid that if he gets caught, that he's going to die. That his own son would, would kill him. And he's, so, he's in so much turmoil and, and hurt and, 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 a, and a lot of distraught. There's trust that has been broken. And, and his heart, I'm sure, must be uh, outpouring because of all of his distress that he's going through. And I believe that he writes this and talks about the, this distress that's going on in his life. And you know as well as I do, as you read about uh, the story of Absalom, that um, he gets caught in a tree. His hair, he had so much hair, and his hair gets caught in a tree. And he's hanging there, and uh, they come by and they throw three javelins into his body and kill him. And David gets word about his son, Absalom, who obviously rebelled against him. And his heart is broken, and he's crying out to the Lord, and he's in mourning. And so I believe this psalm is a result of that because of David's distress, because of his sorrow, because of the things that were going on in his life. So let's look at this psalm here, and uh, we'll break it up in these two, and I'll, I'll show you the uh, things here that I, that I believe that we can uh, see here. Um, so... Hope in God, and I believe this is hope for discouraged believers. Uh, Psalm 42, verses 1 through 5 says this. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with loud shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. You see, in verses 1 through 3, we see this. there's this great sense of need in his life. And I don't know if you've been there or not. But there's a great sense that he needs God in his life. Why? Because of all the sorrow and all the turmoil and all the, the depression that is, that is eating away at his life. It's literally just sucking the life out of his soul. And he's saying, I'm in thirsting for God. I need God. And he writes that. And he says, as that deer pants... For flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O oh God. 
You see, this deer might have been aching with thirst because of maybe from drought or maybe because of a heated pursuit. I don't know. We know that David was, was, fear, was running for his life uh, from his son Absalom. But whatever it was, David knew that there was, he needed to be tapped into a life source. And he needed the thirst that could only be satisfied from God. And he says, my soul thirsts for God. But notice this. He didn't just write, my soul thirsts for God and end it there. But he says, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. He was thirsting for God. He was thirsting for the living God, the one and only that could provide for his need in his life. You see, drinking and thirst are common pictures of man's spiritual need and God's supply. And here the emphasis is on the desperation of the need. He needs God. Have you been there in your life? Where you need God? Nothing else will satisfy and you need God in your life? This was David's cry unto the Lord. I am thirsting after you. I am longing after you. I need you, God. I'm reminded of Jesus' words where he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see, this sorrow that the psalmist had was a real need in his life. It wasn't just something that was just here today, gone tomorrow. I believe this was a result of maybe days and weeks and months. Day after day, night after night. His soul was, was, was in so much turmoil and he needed God. I believe it kept him awake at night. I believe he would wake up early and, and maybe he, he didn't have enough sleep because that's all he was thinking about was this situation. Have you been there? He needed God in his life. He needed God to provide for him, to give him the substance that he needed to provide for his thirst in his life. And he needed the living God. Look what he says here. In verse number two, he says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Obviously, this was a place that I believe that David was thinking about. Now, if you think about this, he was in Jerusalem, he was reigning as king. What happened? He left Jerusalem, he left the place where he could go into the temple and have worship with God. And he couldn't be in that place anymore. And so he's out there and he's hiding and he's trying to, to, to get away from Absalom so he doesn't lose his life. And he's thinking, when will I be able to go back to Jerusalem and worship God? Now, not to say that God was only in Jerusalem because I think David realized that because David had a sense that God was everywhere because he's praying to God. But this is the dwelling place of God was there in the temple. We know that since Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, Christ no longer dwells in temples. Where does he dwell now? He dwells in our heart. And so here David is saying, I need to come and appear before God. When will that happen? How long has it been since you have been in the presence of God? I'm not asking If you've been in church, I'm asking you, when was the last time that you were stood in the presence of God and you had fellowship with him, you had communion with him, your soul poured itself out to God and he whispered back to you, I love you, my child. When was the last time you had that presence with God? On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your spiritual presence before God right now? What thoughts come to your mind if you had a personal interview with your Savior right now? If he were to just show up right now and say, hey, can we talk? Let's go back here in the library and have a little chat. Let's go down in the basement and have a little chat. 
Let's go out in the fellowship hall, have a little chat. What thoughts come to your mind? Would it be sins, regrets, shortcomings that have dominated your life? Would it be joyful anticipation? Or would you experience guilt? Would you meet or avoid his gaze? Would you linger by the door or confidently walk up to him? You see, the psalmist says here his desire was to be in God's presence because of all of the distress of his soul that he wanted to be in God's presence because he knew that that was the only thing that was going to help him in his time of need and distraught in his life. Look what he says in verse 3. He says, My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? You know, I think about that, his tears, it says that they were, had been his food day and night. Does that mean that possibly David went without food? Yeah, possibly. Could it be that he had, had been under so much distress that he didn't even want to eat? Possibly. They demonstrated the grief that made the psalmist long for relief in God. And they showed the psalmist grief over the perceived distance from God. And he says this. He says, people, all these people that are around him, they say to him, where is your God? And isn't that just like what Satan does to us? During times of when we are experiencing sorrow, when we're experiencing grief in our life, we're crying out, we're, we're, we're shedding tears. And then Satan comes, the accuser comes, and he says, where's your God now? Where is he? And that's exactly what David's going through here. There's people that have surrounded himself by David, and they're saying to him, where's your God, David? Where's this God that you've talked about that has, has moved mountains for you, David? Where's this God that has killed giants, David? Where is he? He's nowhere to be found. And he says, my tears have been my food day and night. And they say to me, notice this, all the day long. This is a great time of discouragement in his life. But notice what the psalmist does that that furthers his discouragement. In verse number four. He says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. What things, David? He says, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. He said, I remember the times when, when, I, would, would, when I would go into the house of God. I remember that. And this drove him deeper and deeper into his depression. And he says here, he says, with loud shouts, songs of praise. He says, a multitude keeping festival. He especially remembered the high times of the holidays. He remembered the the feast and and the trumpets and all the times that they would gather together around the temple that brought great joy to him. And he remembered that and he's going, I don't have this. I can't have it now. I'm out here. I'm running for my life. And he says, these things I remembered as I pour out my soul. And now we come here to verse number five. And we come to the hope that is offered for the discouraged believer. Look at verse number five. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? You see, the psalmist paused from the painful memories that was going on in his life. And he challenged his own soul. And we were just talking about that here this morning in Sunday school about basically examining yourself and preaching to yourself. And that's needed in our lives. Do you ever talk to yourself? If you do, make sure nobody's around. <laughs> but I think many times in our, in our times of grief and sorrow, if we're not careful, 
if we just dwell there, we never move out of there. But what did David do? The Bible says that he talked to himself and he said, Why are you so cast down? This is a real life situation for David. His family's messed up. His position as king is, is being uh, uh, attacked. This is a real life situation. And he's saying, why are you cast down? Why are you cast down? You see, he did not surrender his feelings of spiritual depression and discouragement. Instead, he challenged them and brought them before God. And that is what is so needed in our lives as believers in Christ. You see, if we just dwell on the depression, we dwell on all the problems, we dwell on everything that's wrong in our life, and we just live there, we'll never see the end. We'll never see the light. But what did David do? Instead, he brought them before God. And he said, God, this is what's going on. God, this is what's going on in my life. And he said to those cast down and disquieted feelings, what did David say? He said, hope in God. You don't have to live this way. Hope in God. Even though everything is around you is falling apart, hope in God. Trust in God. Let God be your source of strength. Let God be your rock. Let God be your shield and buckler. Hope in God. And David says this to himself. And he talks some sense into himself. You see, hope in God is what he asked for himself. And he will come through again because he has before. So when faced with depression and discouragement, it can be very hard to be thankful because we have not surrendered to God's hope. Notice he didn't say, my soul is cast down and that's how it is. There's nothing I can do about it. You see, the challenge that he made to his own soul, he demanded that it explain a reason why it should be so cast down. Why are you cast down? You know, a good exercise that I think that would be good for all of us to do as believers in Christ is when we face times of depression, which we all do, because we're spiritual people. When we are faced with times of depression, and it can hit you out of nowhere. You You could be at work. You could be sitting here. You could be at home. You could be with family. But when there are times of depression that come into your life, what you need to do is you need to write it down and say, why am I thinking this? And start going through it. Start going through it. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? What is the reason? That's exactly what David did. Why are you cast down? Why? Why? He asked the question. Why? Are you feeling this? You see, there were some valid reasons for discouragement, and David lists them all here for us. He writes them down. He tells us in uh, uh, verse number 2 and verse number 6 that here was distance from home and the house of God. He tells us in verse number 3 and verse number 10 that there was taunting unbelievers saying, Where is your God? In verse number four, there was memories of better days. Oh, I wish I could just go back to like over here. That was a great time. You know, God does not want us to dwell in the past. He is molding us and he's making us and he's shaping us. And even in those times of depression, even in those times of discouragement and times of sorrow, he's molding us and transforming us into the image of Jesus Christ so we can live in the present. And sometimes we look at the past and we say, oh, those days were so much better. You may remember this. Do you ever say, boy, those were the good old days back then. But really, if you were to go back to the good old days, they really weren't the good old days, were they? But we sometimes do that in our spiritual life. We look back and we say, boy, those were the times that we live in the past. 
And yet God is trying to do something in our life here and now and transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. So there was this memories of better days. At verse number four, the present absence of past spiritual thrills he talks about. In verse number seven, that there's overwhelming trials of life that he mentions about. And then in verse number nine, there seems to be, he, he pins and tells us about the God's seemingly slow response. But yet there were many more reasons for David to have hope. Even in midst of all these things that he wrote down, yet he could still have hope in God. You see, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, is what he says, and praise him again, praise him, my salvation. You see, in his discouragement, the psalmist spoke to himself, perhaps he even preached to himself. And he said, why are you this way? Why are you acting this way? Why are you doing this? Hope in God. Turn your trust to God, is what he says. Where does hope come from? It comes from the living God. You see, that's where David had to turn his focus to. He had to turn his focus to the living God for hope. You see, it's seeking after him. It's wanting to be in his presence It's seeking the help of God's hope. The psalmist understood that the answers were not within himself. How many of you are on Facebook? See a show of hands. Okay. Facebook can be used for a lot of things. And I have friends that I sometimes follow that it seems that when there's a problem or a difficulty in all their life, it always goes on Facebook. And you wonder, what are you doing? How is that solving anything? It's not. Um, There's a girl that uh, we used to minister to back in Urbana, and she's 20, 21 years old now. I mean, she's a full-grown adult. Um, We we started ministering to her when she was in seventh grade, and uh, she messages my wife and I on Facebook And it's just problem after problem after problem after problem. And you start reading this stuff and you yourself start becoming discouraged. And I had to put a stop to it. And I'm like, whoa, time out, time out. This is what you need to do. You need to start focusing your attention on God. But yet some people don't want to dwell there. They want to remain in their problems. Because their problems is what gives them comfort. Their problems is what gives them strength. David didn't want to remain there. He wanted out. He wanted hope in God. You see, sometimes we have these answers within ourselves. We say, I just got to do better. I need to do, you fill in the blank. If only I could, you fill in the blank. But our hope does not come from that. Our hope comes from the living God. He didn't look within. What did David do? He looked up. And he said, I'm going to hope in God during this time of difficulty, of trial in my life. Let's look at the second part of this psalm here. So we have hope for discouraged believers. But this is where it gets good. Hope is near when we seek God. We see here in this psalm here how deeply distressed the psalmist is in his discouragement. But hope is just a prayer away. Look what this psalmist says here. He is praying to God. He's he's examined on the inside. He's saying, why are you cast down? Hope in God. He's talking to himself. He's saying, don't live here. Don't dwell here. And out of that, when he looks up, it comes into a prayer. And he says, and my God... He's praying to God now, and he says, My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep, he says. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life, and he says this to God again as he's praying. He say, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? 
As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He comes to God and he says, God, this is my problem. What's his problem? He says it right there. He's saying, my soul is cast down. This is my problem. And I think in times of depression, we don't bring that before the Lord. We're not open and honest before the Lord. We don't say to the Lord, Lord, I'm depressed. Lord, I'm going through spiritual sorrow right now. We try to find everything else that's in our life wrong instead of just that, that we are spiritually sorrow, that we are depressed. We may say, Lord, I'm really having a hard time with my, with my son, my daughter, my family. Lord, I'm really having a hard time with my job. I'm having a hard time with this. But we don't open to the Lord and we don't say, Lord, I am cast down. David didn't say anything else except that. He says, I am cast down. He says, my soul is cast down. And he prays to God in this way. He says, I'm discouraged. I'm spiritually overtaken in depression and grief and discouragement. And in almost a detached sense, the psalmist reported his cast down soul to God. And look at this, what he says. He says, therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon. He says, from Mount Mizar. This explains why he was so far from the house of God. He says, I remember worshiping you here. I remember. And he says, I am cast down because I cannot be in your presence. I'm cast down because I can't, I can't be where you are. I can't be where you dwell. And look at verse number seven. His prayer continues. He says, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. You know, these words here give us a powerful description of despair. When I think about that deep unto deep and waterfalls, two things come to my mind. One of them was, I remember first time, it was in Texas, I went to a lake. I'd never been to a lake before. I went to go swimming. And, you know, I'm a city guy and, you know, pools where they gradually go down, you know. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go to a lake, go swimming. So I start like, you know, if this was like the shore or whatever, you know, I start like kind of wading out in the water and then all of a sudden, (laughs) you know, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to be sucked, sucked down so quickly. And I didn't think about it. I guess I didn't that, you know, lakes don't go like this. They're. And I think about that as, as David says this, as he says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. And I think about that waterfall. Um, if you've ever been to Niagara Falls, they have two things. They have the Maid of the Mist, and then they have the uh, hurricane deck. And if you go to the Maid of the Mist, have you ever, has anybody been to the Maid of the Mist? Okay, great. So you get on the Maid of the Mist, and they, you're on that boat, and they bring you real close to the waterfall there. And this water, I mean... Millions of gallons of water is just plunging down right before you. And it is so loud. You, you, you literally, you have, to, you have to speak up in order to hear the other person. And you think that water, the force of it. And it's, it's interesting, as you're, as you're on that boat and you're getting closer and closer, the boat is doing one of these because that water is just... <laughs> Pounding, pounding, pounding. And then if you go on the, um, on the uh, hurricane deck, you know, you got your little poncho on there. And as you're getting closer and closer, you're walking up the stairs, you're going up, going up. The noise of it, it starts drowning out everything else. And you hear it and you hear it and it's pounding and it's pounding. And these words here that, that David uses... He says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. That is such a, uh, an awesome picture of despair in his life. Have you been there? 
Have you been there when, when the deep is, when, when you've been sucked down unexpectedly and you, you're like, the water's pounding down upon you. That's what David's going through here. Now, don't miss this. This is so important because even in this, even in his despair, David says this. He says, deep calls to deep. When David is in the depths of his despair, who's there? God is. And look at this, at the roar of whose waves? Your waves. Your waterfalls, your breakers, your waves have gone over me. David recognized that even in my despair, even in in my turmoil, God, you are there. And you speak to me. You're there with me. You haven't forsaken me. You're there with me the whole time through it all. Have you been there? Have you been sucked down so quickly that you were taken down deep? That you're buried, you feel buried under all of this. That you feel like you're drowning, that you fell down and it was so fast. You see, even in the midst of despair, there is hope. He says, your waves, you call to me, even in the deep. And look at verse number eight. He says, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. Now, this is amazing here because look at the name that David uses as he writes this. He says, by day, the Lord, all caps. That's the covenant-keeping God. That's Jehovah. That's Yahweh. That's the one who promises to fulfill his covenant with his people. This is the self-existent one. This is the one who keeps his promises. This is the one that there comes from great strength and great confidence. And David has this great strength and great confidence in that it is the Lord is the one who commands his loving kindness to be displayed to him all day long. Even when experiencing sorrow and grief in his life. And I love this. Look at what it says. He does not simply say that the Lord will bestow his loving kindness. But what does he say? He says that he commands his loving kindness. That is so beautiful. Because this is a picture of grace in our life. That even in the time of despair and grief and sorrow, the Lord doesn't just say, well, I'll give you some loving kindness. He commands his loving kindness to be given towards us. And he gives it to us even when we do not deserve it. And he says this, he says, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Have you ever noticed that at night is when we seem to be the most discouraged? We do a thing here. Um, We've been doing it probably since uh, April or so. We've been running, been running gospel ads in this area within a 15 mile radius of this church. And the gospel ads are triggered because of people doing internet searches for things such as what is the meaning of life? Um, How do I know that there's a heaven? How can I know for sure that I'm saved? All those kinds of things. And you know what time when people, when they, when they Google it and they click on the ad, it takes them to a separate landing page on our website and it has a gospel video to just to give some hope and encouragement. But there's also an email link there and they can email me and they can, ask questions, whatever. Do you know what time I get emails at? Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, 1230 at night. Because people are discouraged. People have lost hope. They're sitting there. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to think. And in a time of desperation, they reach out. They're looking for something. And David says that you give me a song in the night. Even in his time of discouragement and a time of sorrow, there's a song that comes. Why? Because he looked within himself and says, oh, I can do this. I know I can do this. If I could only do this, I'll be so much better. No, it's because he looked up and he found hope in God. 
And God is the one that gives him the song that's in the night. And here's his prayer. Look at verse number 9. Notice the confidence that he has, that the psalmist has, because he's looked up towards God, because he has found hope. He says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Now, wait a minute. I thought you said he had confidence. He does. Then why is he saying, God, you've forgotten me? Because we know that he didn't forget him because he just talked about that it was your waves. You call to me when I'm in the deep. Is that a contradiction? No. It's David simply being honest before the Lord and saying, God, I'm expressing to you, you are my rock, but I feel as if you have forgotten me, but you haven't. You haven't. I know that you haven't because you call unto me in the deep. Your waves come over me. It's your waterfalls. It's your breakers. You haven't forgotten me, but I feel like I have. Again, that's why I say that when we come before the presence of God and we are expressing to the Lord our discouragement, that we are completely open and honest with him. Because that's where the hope comes from is when we are open and honest with the Lord. If we ever try to shroud or hide We're not going to find the hope. God wants us to be transparent, completely open before him for that. And so he says, you are my rock. I say to God, my rock. And see, as the psalmist draws towards God and is seeking God, we again are reminded where he finds hope. Look at verse number 11. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. This is a constant reminder. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You see, these words need to be often repeated and rehearsed. In times of discouragement and depression, we but need to hope in God. Because we will exchange our depression for what? For praise is what David says here. In 1 Samuel chapter 27 through 30, we read about David. And as he is there uh, fleeing for his life from Saul, Saul was out to try to kill him. We find that David goes down to Gath and he makes an alliance with the Philistines, basically. I mean, these are the same people that David slew their giant Goliath with, okay? And he goes down there and he makes an alliance with them. Because he is so afraid of Saul. And he says, you know what? I need to find, I need to find refuge somewhere. I need to find some place where I can, I can hide, where, where I won't be attacked by Saul. And so he goes down to Gath, and he makes an alliance with the Philistines. And as he's down there, he makes a pact with them. And he says, all right, I'm going to go to battle for you. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in alliance. He says, I got my men here. David had, had some of his army with them, and they had their wives. David had his wives. And they said, we need a place to live. And so they said, okay, we'll, we'll give you a place to live. And they give him a place called Ziklag. And David's there in Ziklag, and he's there, and he's battling the, uh, talks about the Gershites, the Amethites, and uh, all these guys. And David's making war against them, and the, the, the Philistines would say, all right, David, what did you do today? Oh, I went up and I went and fought and I did this. Oh, great, good, great job, David. Boy, we really trust you now, David. Boy, David, you're a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Something interesting happens as David and his men are walking and they're going out to battle. Some of the lords, it talks about, it says, some of the lords of the Philistines noticed David and they noticed him. They said, what are these Hebrews doing here? Why are they here with us? And it gets back word to some of the guys that are in charge. And they say, look, David, you know, we don't want you here anymore. You need, to, you need to leave. And while David is away doing battle and stuff like that, the families are back there in Ziklag. They're living there. David's children are there. His, 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 the children are there. The, the, his wives are there. The, the army's men, are, the, the, the wives of the men are there. And while they're all away... The city of Ziklag comes under attack under the Amalekites. They burn the city with fire. 
They take all the women and children captive. David is marching back to Ziklag, possibly to go see his wives. All the men that were out in battle with David are going to go back to see their children and their wives. And from a distance, they see smoke. And I'm sure their heart just sinks. What's going on? And maybe the, maybe the pace started picking up a little bit more. Come on, guys. Let's, let's get back over there. Hurry. Come on. Double time it. Let's go. And they get back there, and the whole city is just burned. And they can't find their women, and they can't find their children. And it says that David was very discouraged. And it says that the men that were following David started speaking. There was whispering going on as they're talking there. David's there. All of them are gathered together. There's whispering and talking. And there's talk of stoning David. Yeah, this David, he brought this upon us. Look what he did. Look, my children are gone. My family's gone. Look what David did. I followed this guy. Look what he did. And David is so discouraged. But it tells us, In verse number six, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. When we are faced with discouragement, when we are faced with times of trial and sorrow, we too need to constantly rehearse and remind ourselves of the love of God, of the hope that he gives, of the trust that he's there with us, even in the times of the deep of the deep, when the roar, the noise of all those waves are come crashing down upon us, that God is there and we need to find hope.